Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we are actually going to talk about the distinction between writing a TV spec episode and writing a TV pilot and uh, the pros and cons of each. First, let's define what a spec is. Yeah, so you'll find that the, the meaning of spec differs from feature to TV. I'll tell you what the feature world thinks of as a spec. So what a spec literally means is speculative. It's one that you are writing for free, speculating that someone will want to buy it. And this is more relevant to the feature world where you go away and you write a full screenplay and then you take it out to producers and agents and managers and see, you know, who wants to give you money to turn this into a film. And that is as opposed to a paid writing assignment from one those producers or someone going, here's a story, I'm going to pay you money to give me the screenplay for it. Um, but then those definitions change just a little bit in TV. So what are they for TV, Alex? Right. Um, on the TV side, when someone talks about a spec, uh, they probably are referring to a fake episode of a television show you'd be writing. So let's say a fake episode of 30 Rock or Game of Thrones or something like that versus uh, an original pilot which would be, again, something uh, you would be writing out of your own volition. And then sometimes people will call an original pilot a spec pilot, but don't get confused. They're just talking about what we said in the feature sense, that it's speculative. That you'd be exactly. Writing on spec. So just to sum those up, in features, a spec is still an original work of your own that you are writing unpaid versus being paid to write an assignment feature. But in TV, uh, a spec is something that you're definitely not getting paid for and will actually never be made as a TV episode because you're writing an existing show as though you're one of the writers. And then an original pilot is one that um, you're writing maybe as a sample or to try and sell, um, but it's your own world that's not already on TV. And uh, we'll be linking in the show notes a post that I wrote to clarify kind of the distinction between a spec pilot and the spec episode. But those were kind of the broad points, so we can talk a little bit deeper about the other aspects of specs. So for our listeners who are thinking, well, which one is better to write, a uh, like a spec TV episode or an original pilot, it's probably a good idea to take a look at what the goal of writing either one of those is. So what's the point of writing a, a TV spec, Alex? I think both have like very specific goals. For specs, the main one is obviously to show that you can write an episode within the constraints of an existing kind of television show. What that means is you got to blend your own take into that of a showrunner and a staff of writers. The second part is the ability to create new stories within the constraints of existing characters and existing worlds. And then the fourth part is really, again, the, the point of any writing sample, which is kind of your own uh, take on, um, on that content. So some people might say to that, well, that sounds a lot like you're writing fan fiction. Is there any substantial difference between someone who's writing fan fiction on the internet for a TV show and writing a spec of a TV show? I, I would say yes. I feel like fan fiction, generally speaking, would be akin to fan service. Like you would be writing more what you would want to see in a show or in the stories mm -hmm. uh, that could actually devolve into like slash fiction or something very, very <laughs> yeah. different. But um, a spec, I would say, really is, to go back to the primary concept of a spec, it's really about showcasing your ability 
to generate a sample of a, a fake episode of an existing television show. And so that may mean not necessarily, you know, vicariously writing the stories you would want to tell mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, you, you would want to see in a show. So like, for example, you may not want to make one of the characters like suddenly pregnant and like married to that other characters, even though you may quote unquote ship both of those characters <laughs> just for your spec, unless there's a very valid narrative reason. For yeah, that. it needs to be something that could realistically happen within the world of that TV show that theoretically next season the writer's room could come up with and, and put out there on the show. I mean, it's it's also quite common for a lot of people once the, the season, uh, the net following season uh, comes on to be disappointed that their spec script or spec idea was used or quote-unquote taken by the <laughs> show. But don't be, don't be discouraged. That actually means that you are really perfectly on track and you have kind of melded your own brain without of the staff. Uh, exactly. That's a great sign. And please don't ever take it that someone, you know, your, your <laughs> friend that you gave the script to send it away in secret to the showrunner and they oh were boy. like, oh my God, I'm going to steal this and use it. And you, you try to sue them or something. It's, it just means that you were thinking along the lines of what the show would realistically exactly. do. So write another one that's just as good and keep doing what you're doing. Right. That's kind of the point of specs. But uh, what about pilots? Yeah. So if you are one of those people who kind of really wants to see exactly what you have in your own head on the screen, then you might be better off writing an original pilot. So what you're doing with a pilot is it's not an existing property or anything like that that has already been on screen. It's usually not like a spin-off from something else. It's a completely new world, completely new cast of characters, setting premise. You own all of the intellectual property for it. So what that will do uh, is show that you can create a dynamic and original world, um, a whole new premise, and a cast of characters to populate that. What's really important in a pilot is setting up an engine uh, or an ongoing and unfolding story that is kind of repeatable week after week. You're not just writing one episode like you are in a spec. You are trying to set up an entire series that could run for five seasons. It could run for a hundred episodes. And within that, you're really trying to display a unique voice and a perspective in the same way that you're trying to do that with your spec, but you're also doing something that's never really been done before, or at least in that way. It's you know, every idea technically has probably been done in some way. But if you can find a unique twist or, you know, element to how is your police procedural show different from all the ones on the air, then that's going to make you stand out and actually feel original. And one important distinction as well, that if you write a really great pilot, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make a great showrunner. A showrunner <laughs> is, is a position that encompasses a lot of producing abilities and it takes people 10, 15 years in a writer's room to like slowly pick up all those things. What it does show is that you can be a creator and, and a creator and a showrunner are often different things. Absolutely. I mean, the, the showrunner business is really kind of a different industry in and of itself, almost. Uh, I would say the showrunner is 50% president of a multi-million dollar company mm -hmm. and 50% being a creative uh, executive in that writer's room. And one thing you'll find, particularly at a lower level, if you do happen to win the lottery and you write a brilliant original pilot and someone reads it and they want to buy it from you and turn it into a TV show, you are not going to become the showrunner of that show if you have never had a credit in your life. Or even if you're still at the staff writing level or the lower levels, they're going to bring someone in who has had showrunning experience and producing experience and can actually run that multi-million dollar business. Uh, and you might maybe get like a co-EP credit, a creator credit, something like that, and you'll you know, luckily be able to stick on in the room and help guide the creative direction of that show. But, you know, that showrunner is the one that the network and, and the studio are going to trust to really steer it and uh, run it from day to day. 
Totally. I mean, the two examples that uh, come to mind for me are one, uh, Josh Schwartz, uh, who created the OC when like right after he went to USC and he got really lucky. I mean, it's kind of like a one in a million kind of lorry shot of yeah. getting a show picked by Fox. Mm-hmm. And I think Mac G came in and shepherded him both on the directing front and also on the shorting front. I think they also brought another executive um, whom I'm forgetting right now. Yeah. But um, he was successful in having this relationship with the shorter they brought in and that show lasted for like five seasons or something and now yeah. he's like kind of like a multi-show creator and it's kind of crazy to think that this like 24 year old yeah. <laughs> sold a show and was able to like you know generate more uh through his relationship with the shorter and not necessarily because he was the shorter but more yeah more the, so the vast majority of people who sell shows to networks and get them picked up and and running past the pilot stage are working writers and people at the co-ep higher kind of like you know producing levels of tv shows often people who have overall deals with networks mm-hmm. so they have been signed for a number of years that everything that they come up with the network gets to look at first and they kind of own that content and they've been paid millions of dollars to kind of exclusive deal with that network so um, while there are those kind of success stories of people who come in from nowhere with a brand new show and then that does happen um, it's it's not quite as common yeah I mean I want to say it's common at all I just wanted to like pinpoint more on the this idea of you need e- even if you are lucky enough to get a show on the air you will not be a showrunner and I think one of the best experiences uh, I've seen is Mickey Fisher who got his show Extent oh, yeah. from the trackingb.com contest and and I think last month, and I'll be linking that also into the show notes, he went over his own experience pitching it to DreamWorks, getting someone attached from DreamWorks, getting mm-hmm. it pitched to CBS and having CBS picked up and like the whole process and also working hand in hand with this mysterious, you know, third party shorter entity yeah. that CBS wanted on the show and how they were successful creatively together. So now that we've clarified what your goal in writing a pilot or a spec is, uh, once you've kind of done that pilot or that spec, what is the purpose of having that? What can you kind of use each of them for? First, you got to clarify what you want to accomplish with each, uh, not just on the writing side, but outside of it. Uh, there's different ways in which you are being read, whether that's for staffing, whether that's for the fellowships, whether that's for contests, being re- represented by a manager or anything like that. And the spec and the pilot have very different purposes on that level. So I'll just talk uh, for a second about the specs. Specs are basically more about the practical execution of an episode idea. What that means is your only goal with that is to show someone who's reading you that you can week to week write a standard episode of television. Now, the primary example of that is the fellowships. The fellowships require specs as your first sample because they want to see on like a one-to-one level, they can execute that like basic, well-crafted episode of an existing series, meaning blending your voice within, as we said, blending your voice with within the constraints of another television show. And it's only after that that I'll be asking you for other stuff like additional samples that we can talk about it later. I will point out that occasionally, despite the fact that pilots are the, the sample of choice for most people, uh, occasionally you'll have, and I think mostly in comedy, 
a lot of showrunners may request a spec as a sample, right? Yeah, exactly. So there is this prevailing notion that original pilots are the number one kind of sample for writers these days. There's been, you know, back maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was you needed a really rock solid spec and that's what they would want to read to get you in a show because it showed that you could write to the voice of a show. And that, and that made a lot of sense. But now these days, I think people are really pushing that, Hey, I really want someone with a unique voice and a talent for this thing. And maybe people are just, there's so many shows on TV that maybe everyone can't keep up with every, any, everything that people are specking. So, um, yeah, you'll find the majority of time when people are writing specs, it's either for a fellowship, for a competition and that kind of thing. But, um, that's not, to say that a showrunner will never read it. It's just uh, really depends on who they are. For example, uh, a friend of mine um, who I worked with on the show, The Muppets, uh, they came in at the staff writer level and uh, there were two showrunners on that show. And so they had their original pilot written, uh, not written, but read by one of the showrunners and he loved it and he wanted to bring them on, but he had to also kind of like run them by the other showrunner. And he knew that that guy wasn't going to like it because he had a much more traditional kind of like, he was from all those, the multi-cam world and he, you know, loved that sort of thing. Whereas they had this very off the wall, single cam original sample. So he asked, do you have any kind of spec? lying around like something that can show that you can do that down the line traditional three jokes a page kind of thing and they're like oh yeah i guess we got something in row back in college gave it to him he passed it on to the other showrunner and he was like oh man i love that that was such a great idea to give us a spec to stuff you guys like well done so you never know um, when you might need it yeah i mean it goes back to what that showrunner or that person reading you wants out of that sample uh, another example is greg garcia who uh, a few weeks ago was at a ghrs panel and mentioned that he wanted mostly specs as samples uh, and that was to do with the skills he wanted out of his kind of newer writers he wanted people to execute his ideas and like write episodes for his shows not like generate like brand new pilots, which is a completely different kind of goal. Uh, and I guess you can talk more about that. Yeah, for sure. If uh, a spec is about the practical execution of an episode idea, a pilot is about the creative execution of a series idea. The thing about pilots is that you might not have the perfect structure or, you know, dialogue or something like there can be individual elements of your pilot that that aren't tip top shape. But as long as you have a really compelling idea and characters and just some kind Kind of like kernel of something great that people can identify within that your pilot will still be worth it and you will still get attention from that because they're like oh wow i can see that this person knows what they're doing whereas you know you're paying much more attention to the perfect execution technically of everything in a spec in a pilot there is there is a bit more kind of leeway there to just like show off your creative chops within original pilots, showrunners are looking for skills that they can work with in their writer's room, as we mentioned a couple of episodes ago. You know, what can you specifically bring to the table, whether it's structure, um, great ideas, really funny dialogue, um, engaging characters, whether you're just great with jokes on the page, um, even if you just have a kind of a unique writing style and voice to things, you know, those are elements that can really be showcased by an original pilot because you have the freedom to kind of craft the world and mm -hmm. the characters and the events to, you know, what you want to be happening rather than being confined within an existing show. I will add as well that people who are looking to represent you, whether agents or managers are largely looking to read, uh, original pilots. Absolutely. Um, they are very rarely going to want to look at a spec because it's not going to show that you 
can come up with great ideas that they can sell to people. Like that's, that's honestly one of their main goals in representing a writer is not just to get you staffed and to kind of like take their cut of your paycheck from that, but is to also be able to sell shows off to people because that's going to earn them a good amount of money as well. Not to be cynical about it all, but that is <laughs> in, in reality, it's a business and that's why they're bringing you on is to make some money as well as, you know, uh, good feelings and happiness about helping you in your career. There's a reason why it's called show business and not show passion. <laughs> exactly. And even these days, a lot of managers and management companies are going into production as well. So if you go to one of those companies like, uh, like Prince of Potter Young or Three Arts and that kind of thing, they have a big production component as well. So they might even want to set up your show uh, within their company as a producer or as a studio and take that out to other people um, rather than just selling it directly to a network or something. Yeah, we've definitely moved to uh, an industry where the name of the game is who controls the IPs and not just subsidizing them to other people. It's really about having first uh, degree connections to that IP. Yeah, there's a huge element these days of packaging things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back 20 years ago, it might have been easy to just sell a script as it is off to someone and people would take a chance on it and then put it all together from there. But these days, it's very rare that a project gets sold if it doesn't have maybe like big name talent attached or a showrunner attached or, you know, a great director or something on board. Now, with all that said, let's look at which one you should pick. Uh, I know a lot of listeners are wondering, oh, I want to write a spec, but uh, I don't know this show, or I want to write a pilot. Is it really good to start off with a pilot or anything like that? Well, first, I want to say, if you've never written a telepaper before, I'm of the mind that you should start off writing a spec. There's many reasons why that is. One is it's easier to write a spec with existing characters, existing act breaks, existing structure, existing worlds. It basically allows you to learn the process of writing a sample television episode from the ground up without having to struggle through the burden of managing, you know, exposition necessarily or building a week to week formula that will sustain for 100 episodes or anything like that. Yeah. Would you say it's easier to write a great spec than a great pilot, particularly as someone who's inexperienced? I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's easier. I feel like it's easy to write a good spec. Uh, I'm not sure about a great spec. I okay. think a great spec toes the line between uh, being compelling enough that it shows your unique ability to write anything and also your ability to execute an existing formula. In pilots, I think you almost have the white page syndrome of yeah. the blank page syndrome of only looking at of basically being able to do whatever you want, either structurally, narratively, character wise. And specs are much more limited in the sense that you need to follow basically instructions right. uh, to some extent. And that can actually be freeing in some <laughs> in some level, I would mm -hmm. argue. Totally. Ultimately, I will say that specs are more about the process than the result, especially in this industry where we already talked about this idea that pilots are kind of your go-to sample if you want to get staffed or mm -hmm. if you want to uh, look for agents or anything like that. But specs are really about the process of learning or sharpening your skills, I should say, not necessarily learning, but sharpening your skills as a television writer, as a staff writer. I'm of the mind that writing specs is the closest thing to being a staff writer. 
pilots are about creating your own ideas and figuring out kind of like the the macro sense of a, of a show. Specs are more on the micro side. They're kind of like what you as a staff writer will be doing. The showrunner will pick you mostly because they want you to execute their own ideas or they want you to execute the outline that was broken down by the entire writing staff. I guess there's some irony in that, that you, the goal of a spec is to write something that is kind of like producible and realistic, like a compa- compelling mm-hmm. hour of television, but it will actually never be produced. I wish we went back to the days of like the early 90s when, uh, if you looked at Star Trek, I know Star Trek loved reading specs from unknown oh, writers. Yeah. They and, had like an open submission policy, right? Exactly. I mean, that's how like Ronald D. Moore and even Brian Fuller uh, got started was uh, through Star Trek. Specs, basically. <laughs> That's fascinating. Do you think they'll do that with the new series? Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know the new series is more like anthology almost, and oh, uh, yeah. limited series, so uh, like a limited uh, number of episodes also, so it's a completely different approach. Ultimately, the goal of a spec is really, again, to imitate the voice of an existing show. It is to show that you are able to generate a producible and compelling hour of television. Your job on your writing staff will be basically to write specs with all that said, uh, I don't want to downplay the importance of pilots. Yeah, so uh, I'll weigh in on pilots for a second. All of that said about specs, and that's all great. I think that it doesn't mean that pilots should be avoided altogether when you're first starting as a writer. Uh, I think the sooner that you write bad pilots, the sooner you'll write good pilots. You know, there's no point writing 10 specs and being scared to ever trying to create your own original pilot because in all likelihood the very first original pilot you ever write is not going to be fantastic and it's not going to be the one that you're going to send out to the town and try and get represented on you know definitely send it to your friends get some feedback and all that kind of thing but don't be under the illusion that oh i've written so many specs i must be able to write a pilot by now there are different skill sets involved so yeah if like writing a spec is to understand the the structure and the intricacy of what it's like to be on a staff, then uh, writing a pilot is kind of about developing your own original style and voice and striking out on your own a little bit. I actually ended up writing an original pilot before I ever wrote a spec. Um, That was in part because it was when I was studying at university and you obviously can't take an existing show and just write their stuff because that's not considered original work. But also I just had all these kind of like ideas in my head and I was really excited to get them out on the page. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like what a lot of being a writer is about. And that's why many totally. people might choose to go into being a writer is because they're like, wow, I've got these cool ideas for worlds and characters and things. And I just want to put them on the page. So what was the pilot that you wrote? So the, the first one, I guess that I, that I would consider a complete pilot or idea that I came up with was when I was still at university, I had this friend who was a young opera singer. She was like a soprano. She was probably in her mid-20s. And um, she was living at the same kind of like college dorm as me, but she was a few years older. And I just kind of like found this idea fascinating of, I always thought of opera as this like weird old stuffy thing. Like I liked it. I would go and watch things of it but I'm like only old people go and watch opera and like you know what is that like but I was thinking what's that kind of like world like if you went to like a young hip urban inner city opera company and you had all these like young people training to be opera singers you only ever really see these kind of older people there so I'm like what is it like on the way up and what you know kind of like controversies and dramas and stuff would happen so it ended up being like somewhere between like glee and revenge it was this Mm. like very melodramatic kind of uh thing that involved like opera singing being modernized and and all that kind of thing that was back when i thought i wanted to be a drama writer but you know i'd watch that (laughs) 
So, um, and since then, of course, I, I tended to get more into animated comedy and, and wacky zany stuff. But um, you can you can recycle that pilot and make it like a zany uh, animated comedy. I mean, yeah, right? that could be a comedy. So anyway, the idea is just that when you're you're trying to put a pilot out there, you're trying to do something that hasn't been seen before and something that you really want to see up on the page. That's why you're passionate about it. Yeah, I think now is actually a good time to talk about the concept of stunt specs. Um, oh, it's yes. definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a controversial uh, subject. I know every year, if you go to any of the foul ships uh, panels that they do, they always mention that one stunt spec that was either really, really good or really, really bad. Yeah. And just there's no in between. <laughs> there's no, exactly. There's no in between. I think there was a famous example of, uh, I think it was like, I Love Lucy meets. Uh, X-Files crossover episode and it all hinges on the execution. I would say 99.9% of the time you're better off writing a traditional spec than, uh, than something else. Now, on the pilot end, I think to go back to what uh, you just said, Nick, uh, about wanting to see something you've never seen before. Uh, yeah. I did write sort of, I would not classify it as a stunt spec by any means, but nonetheless, I did write a pilot for a new Star Trek series. Now, that was about three to four years ago. This was way before Brian Fuller got involved into uh, this new uh, CBS All Access a television show. But it was really more about feeding that need of, I wanted a new Star Trek TV show on my screen, and I wasn't getting it, but I also had my own idea of like what the franchise needed and all those kinds of things. And so mm -hmm. I kind of, I just ended up writing this spec pilot in like a month or whatever, because I wanted, I wanted to see something I'd never seen before. Yeah. I'll ask you about that in a second, but I think we should just clarify when we say stunt spec, mm -hmm. we're usually referring to either someone writing an episode of a show that's been off the air for a very long time. They're like, I want to really write a, an I Love Lucy or something like that, or, and, or that they're crossing over two different shows. So it's like Lost meets Big Bang Theory or something weird like wow. that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, th there are definitely uh, specific, quote-unquote, rules to writing TV specs, but uh, really it's important to understand the basic difference between what a spec is and a pilot is. So you, you wrote your own Star Trek series. Um, tell us, like, what was the premise of that? How is it different from all the other Star Treks? Star Trek, uh, to me, like, my favorite Star Trek television show is Deep Space Nine. Okay. Uh, which is kind of a precursor to all those serialized television shows that came in the early 2000s. The basic concept of my pilot, which is called Star Trek Tehran, was focusing on the three elements of the Star Trek universe that were kind of like more concepts than actual characters mm -hmm. or actual, you know, figures in the, in the universe. So those being Starfleet, uh, the Federation, and then the United Earth government. So it was kind of like a very political, serialized, show that I that I was trying to write. Um, so it was like set back on Earth instead of on a floating on a ship in space? Exactly. I mean, ships are involved, but it was more about hearkening back to the concept of, you know, what we talked about the, that mm -hmm. other episode where Star Trek to me is about the exploration of humanity. Right. To me, the ultimate kind of exploration was who we are as people and those kinds of elements hearkening back to, again, Earth and that kind of like utopic sense of unity that exists in Star Trek, but right, uh, right. was a little bit chipped away during Deep Space Nine, Interesting, um, which I really liked. Yeah, that's cool. I actually uh, I was also I'm also a big sci-fi nerd, as you know and uh, I had a similar, well, not a similar idea, but I wanted to do something with Stargate because that was oh, one, of my, one of my favorite Stargate. series for many times yeah. uh, for many years 
and I was so disappointed when they canceled Universe, not because I thought it was like the greatest series ever, but just because I really wanted to work on Stargate one day. Really? So I, uh, yeah, um, I ended up coming with this idea, you know, how like the Stargate SG-1, I wanted to make like Stargate SG-2 or something. I wanted to like actually have it set as, as impractical as this would be to be able to go back and have the same characters and stuff. I wanted like there to be kind of like the B team who are always <laughs> being shown up by SG-1. And then like, they're the guys who are there first and then they swoop in and save the day and they think they're like complete assholes. And you know, uh, it was actually like a little bit comedic in a way, but you should definitely check out. I don't know if you remember, there was actually an episode in the, I want to say seventh season or something. I was going <laughs> to like a huge nerd. I'm just yeah. quoting like seasons right now, but I think it's around the sixth or seventh season of Stargate SG-1 where you did have like like that nerdy B team uh, episode. Oh yeah, yeah, that's remember right. That. Maybe that's part of what inspired uh, me. But I wanted to do like a whole series of that where uh, it was like literally, you know, SG one were almost like the villains because they were constantly <laughs> like <laughs> harassing the B team. Sh- sh- yeah. That's anyway, so, uh, so I mean, when we talk about this, we don't necessarily recommend it ever as a sample by taking existing IP and writing within it. Like, I don't think you should ever take a Marvel concept or comic book and be like here's what would happen if i created my own version of like black panther as a tv mm-hmm. show or something like yeah. that because a you don't own the ip so you're never going to be able to sell it and b it's it's still not working within the same rules of like a spec of something on tv so it's not really going to do anything for you other than satiate your own interest and help you practice your skills and i would say c also uh, they're already doing it with i mean black panther is already being used in the mcu so so it's not mm-hmm. even something original within the universe, I would argue. But yeah, the point of a TV pilot, <laughs> to get back to that, is to sell yourself as a TV writer. You really want to show that you have interesting, original ideas and a unique voice as a writer. Show off your strengths, whether that's character, dialogue, structure, action, etc. Um, once upon a time, both specs and pilots were used to get you hired and used as samples for representation. Now pilots really are um, the kind of like gold standard for that. <laughs> Let's uh, look at some takeaways from uh, today's episode. So the pros and cons of writing a spec or a pilot entirely depend on what your goal is in writing them. If you are newer to writing teleplays or you want to work on your craft and practice being a future staff writer, then maybe specs are the best way to go because they're the closest exercise to actually being on a writing staff. And if you're already familiar with writing TV scripts and want to get your own stories out, uh, have samples you can show for representation, staffing, or even just trying to sell a show, which, you know, a small chance of that level, then writing a pilot is probably your best bet. Yeah, cool. What are some uh, some resources we can give people to take away for this episode? So I will recommend a couple. Uh, one is uh, Pamela Douglas's book, uh, Writing the TV Drama, which I heavily recommend. It's kind of the one-to-one drama writing, uh, if anybody's unfamiliar with the format. Um, she digs into the concept of ABC stories and also breaks down, amongst other things, an NYPD blue script, which is kind of a quintessential TV drama. And uh, on the comedy side, I would highly recommend a book called The TV Writer's Workbook by Ellen Sandler, who was a producer EP on um, Everybody Loves Raymond. So she goes through the structure of writing a sitcom from, you know, basic kind of like broad idea level through to like act breaks and even um, the specificity of like multi-cam 
working to different cameras and different things like that. So it's uh, really helpful. And she has a lot of sage advice on that. Right. And uh, on the spec side, I'm working right now on making an online course, which hopefully should be done by the time you're listening to this. And uh, I'll just link it in the uh, show notes. Six million dollars. That's uh, the Robert McKee discount. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we keep bad-mouthing this guy. <laughs> He's going to crush any chance we have of ever getting stuffed. He's going to pull his connections. <laughs> It's another running joke of his podcast. It's just <laughs> bashing Robert <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you to Robert McKee for listening uh, and also everyone else. <laughs> if you would like to leave us a review, the link, as always, is paperteam.co slash iTunes. That's co.com, paperteam.co slash iTunes. If you give us reviews on iTunes, that'll actually help us get new listeners. Uh, we can build a community of you guys and give you more content and good things like that. And uh, you can find us on uh, online at TV Calling on Twitter for me. And yeah, I am at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any feedback, opinions, uh, hate mail, uh, Robin <laughs> McKee uh, anecdotes, you can yeah. send them uh, to us online. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about networking. Uh, we're going to give you the basic networking 101. We did talk about meeting people last time. Now it's time to talk to them. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you talk to another human being, Nick? I don't know. I need a $2,000 seminar for it. You need a, an hour-long episode of Paper Team, probably. I think that would be the better way, and it's completely free. So uh, we're going to talk about what the point of networking is, how to approach people you meet at mixers, and then when you're chatting one-on-one at drinks and things like that with people, um, we'll give you the lowdown. All right, great. Thank you for listening. Thank you.